Hello, welcome to the Hanky Panky Podcast. I'm your host, Hank, and I'm here today with the lovely Lucy Lovejoy. Hi. So good to have you on. Um, it's so weird to be on my first podcast, but hello, I'm sure. I welcome you with open arms. It can't be that different than monologuing on TikTok like no. I do all the time. It's like us having a conversation, but now there's just microphones. But I have to be this close to this weird machine. Yeah, you have to be like... Like <laughs> making out with this guy right here. Dude, ASMR on this would be so good. Are these like ASMR quality microphones? I, well, when I like, I was like, did you hear that? That was so loud. Fucking micro... What was that? Motorcycle? Yeah. I when so. I was like doing for Quinn and they're like an audio erotica, oh, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, and now you take your fuck. And I, like, it was, sounded so good when I played it back. I've had a lot of people because I have like vocal for, I have a, like really bad vocal fry. A lot of people are like, oh my God, you need to do audios. Yeah. But I'm just like, dude, I just have like a weed addiction. Like, <laughs> I'm not like special. <laughs> okay, wait. How did you get into sex work? Oh my gosh. Okay. I got into sex work. Um, <laughs> speaking of weed addiction, I got into sex work because I was a huge stoner in college and I d- had like disability stuff and like mental health issues and I couldn't really hack having like a normal job Valid. and all of my friends in the dorms were on seeking arrangements mm. and so like so many whores out there yep. <laughs> I started on seeking arrangements but I was like weird about it I like figured out how to scam it into like online work like pretty quickly because I like was assaulted by like the first sugar daddy I met and so I was like fuck this I like don't think I have the skills to like meet these people and so I would um search guys that lived in different cities and I would like get I would convince them to have like an online like GFE what would you say um I would pretend that I didn't know why they would be like oh my god like I want to meet you and I'd be like oh my god yeah totally wait you're in Boston (laughs) And I would be, like, in where I you lived before, on the West Coast. You before, you were like, where do they live? It no, has to be far. I was a scammer. I'd be like, oh, my God, you live in Boston. I don't know why you came up in my feed, but, like, I really want to get to know you. I like you so much. The puppy dog eyes. Yeah, I was a sub back then. Um, and they were all, like, literally 50-year-old pedophile men because I was 18. And oh, so it was, like, yeah. all these, like, fucking pedo-adjacent dudes who wanted to, like... 100%. They get off on that. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm you did sex work when you were 18, right? Yeah. They love when you're 18. I might have just turned 19, maybe. I think I was 18 turning 19. I think me too. Me too. And they would be like, oh my god, you're a teenager. Barely legal. (laughs) Yeah. The worst is they oftentimes would be like, oh yeah, you remind me of my daughter. I actually have I hear that from so many other sex workers and I've never gotten that before, but that's like really vile. Ew. So they were like, Oh oh you're so far away. Like how did you transition it into I would, making money? I would make them add me on kick and then I would be like, kick. We can do video calls and like we can you can have nudes of me and I'll make you like videos of me masturbating. So like that's like how I kind of got into doing porn. I was selling like custom videos. Oh wow. Um, just like ad hoc through kick when I was like 18. Wow. So yeah, I started doing porn when I was like, I started doing like amateur porn when I was super young. And I actually, I still have some of the videos on my phone. Stop. Like from me when I was 19, like with the hot pink hair, like jacking off in the worst lighting Dude, you've I ever had, seen in your life. No, literally me in the dark with bright red hair. No, literally like I would put my, my lamp from my room, like mm. in front of me. And I would like set my oh, phone same. up against my water bottle. I think it was this water bottle that I have in my hand right now. I've had this for so long. Dude, Dasha and I were filming earlier. We were using the most random, I mean, the microphones on pinup magazine 
magazines right now. We like, were, I mean, yesterday we had the phone against your heater and it was being held up by crystals. <laughs> Anything can be a tripod if you try hard enough. Exactly. And I understood that intrinsically from a very early point in my sexual Same. career. Same. So were the men, was it a sustainable thing or was it kind of like, okay, you get some money and then they're like bored because they can't meet you? Um, it kind of depended. There's actually a guy that I used to get pretty consistent money from back then who still to this day hits me up. Respect. Um, I don't sell to him anymore because he wants a very different type of content than uh, I'm doing. Yeah, like sub stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it would normally not last very long. But like the crazy thing is when you're 18, like and in college, a lot of people don't have any money or a lot of people are like working I mean, really well. $100 dollars is a lot of money for an 18 year old. Literally. So like and a lot of money in general, but like especially when you haven't made money before. I would make like like I would maybe do like $500 camp shows in one week. Right. And I would have, I'd make $500 in a week. And like, that was crazy money. No, that's wild. Cause my parents were paying for me to be at college. Like I was like a spoiled like college girl. And so, yeah, it was like, that was all my money. And yeah, I feel like my, my journey into sex work is kind of different. Cause I come, I came from like a pretty, like an economically like stable household. And I went to like private school and shit, but my entry into sex work was more about just like being disabled and not like feeling like I wanted to work a regular job in college and then just like ending up being really good at it and being like shit. <laughs> well, like, I think a lot of sex work is about adaptability. I've talked about it so many times. Totally. And if you're teaching yourself from like, cause a lot of people are like, well, teach me all these things, teach me all these things. And I'm like, I can tell you what I know in this exact job right now, but I can't tell you about all the 50,000 other side quests I did to learn Literally. what I did. Oh so like God. if I give you the information, it doesn't mean you can necessarily apply it to the job. Oh my God. Yeah. Like people will ask me like, oh my God, how do I become a dom? And like beyond that, just being like such a broad question that I don't even know how to begin to answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I worked as a professional submissive for years before. Mm. And I find from a lot of pro doms that that is the case or like a, that is a common path for a lot of pro doms. And so yeah, like I kind of understood kink from the other side and right. now I understand like sub's mind a little bit. How, what, what was your transition into doming from being a submissive like? Um, well, I met a sub, um, and we developed like a relationship and pretty quickly after that, I started posting Dommy content alongside, like I started kind of branding as a switch mm. because basically as soon as I met a submissive who wanted to like actually pay me lots of money, I was like fucking done being submissive because I had gotten to the point in my like subby content where I would like be in the middle of a cam show with a guy and he'd like tell me to do something that pissed me off and I would like break character and pop off and yell at them. Yeah. And they would just hang up. And so I was like really not doing a good job um making money Dash as a submissive in the back. Yeah. The DoorDash is here. <laughs> um but I was really not doing a good job making money as a submissive and I was just like I was too mean. I literally could not no, stop same. bitching people out. I can relate to that a lot. I mean I started uh, strip club but then seeking arrangements and then in person mm -hmm. and stuff like that and I I found a lot like people can tell when you're a dominant energy mm -hmm. but when you are branding as submissive like for me I was young I kind of looked like I didn't have any tattoos I yeah. was very like bright hair like oh do whatever you want to me yeah like, totally I realized very quickly people take that as I can cross every boundary you ever had. Yes. And so I would be like no fuck you I'm not doing it and then I was like oh wait you like that. You like what I mean. 
I don't feel like a, any of the dominant clients that I had enjoyed me being mean. No, but I found a lot of people thought, especially a lot of cis men, assume they have to be dominant. Oh, so then, like, you'd find guys who were, like, kind yeah. of secretly subby. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. But I can really relate to, like, people asking me for shit. And I'd be like, I can't do this anymore. It's not enough money. It's a, it's a lot of fucking mental draining. Like, I don't want to do this request for five fucking dollars. Literally, yeah. Like, I would be on cam... And I'd be making $5 a minute and guys would just be asking me to do the most like irritating, vile things. And I would just like pop off. And so, yeah, as soon as I started posting like dot, like switchy stuff, submissive clients started to come to me. And then I made a TikTok in April of 20 mm. or March of 2021. And that was all Dom content. And from there, I just like kind of left the submissive stuff behind and like pretty quickly deleted all of my old videos and like just went like full blown Dom because it just like felt very me. And and yeah, the clientele was there. The money was way better. Like as soon as I, I felt like I was faking everything as a sub. And then as oh, soon as yes. I started doming, I was like being myself and my money like doubled within mm. like one month. Well, cause they can tell when you're being genuine. Yeah. Yeah. I like, yeah. I feel like a lot of people will hear me say how much money I started making as a dom and they'll think like, oh, do I need to switch to doming? But like, I think it's just about being like yourself. I agree. Like, I think I know a lot of sex workers who are like submissive or switchy and they're so good at it. And because it's like true to that, yeah. you know what I mean? No, dude, bottoms, and I've said this so many times, bottoms are so fucking brave. Totally. Like, I am not really good at bottoming. Like, it Literally. just doesn't come natural to me. I'm I'm capable of doing it. People with talented holes impress me so much. I, I am more impressed Thank by you. that. It, like, it is actually such like a draining activity to like be taking it all the time because you have, there's different types of bottoms, right? Like, totally. You, and without a good bottom, you can't be a good top. Yeah, and I yeah, and I I know so many submissive sex workers that I'm like, bro, like you just held down that scene. Yes, you like, hold it I, down. I did if not. If you're taking do that. it and you're taking it well, you're holding it down. Yeah, like you are you are the scene, <laughs> you are the moment, you are the star. Yeah, and I just can't do that. Like even in porn now, like I'll still like touch myself sometimes, but like I don't know. Mostly, I just feel like I'm a top, and like that's my role, and I'm there you to can like still top while help the bottom yourself. shine. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's just feels like way more me. Yeah. So TikTok, I think is like a common especially nowadays it's a common mm. way for you to kind of break out of like it's really hard to grow social media and oh my God, something yeah. goes good on tiktok what was like the first things that started doing good for you on tiktok lesbian domination stuff mm. like that's why a lot of people are really like my niche as a content creator and as like a dominant is like queer domination and i think that's like kind of uncommon because just like the the landscape, the customer base, it tends to be men. But um, I remember the first video of mine that went viral or like kind of viral was me like saying, like talking to the camera in a TikTok saying, does your boyfriend know that you want me to spank you? Oh shit. Um, and then the next one that went viral was like me, like, do you know that that audio that's like, that song that's like, girls, all I really want yes. is girls. Um, I made a TikTok about how like like girls are who I prefer to dominate mm. and like all these women like that was really it like all I had to do was be like hey I'm super feminine and I'm evil and I love to dominate gays oh my God, and the gays yeah. just flooded the in them is like it you know and I kind of I have like kind of a weird persona because I'm really hyper femme looking like I wear a lot of like florals and like 
pink and i think people were just really like what who is this like pink little flower that's like saying she has a kidnapping fetish like, what, the fuck? <laughs> what is the kidnapping fetish explaining okay it's not a fetish know. it's not a fetish it's a kink because a fetish is something that you absolutely need to get off and i don't need that to get off but um uh i don't know like it's like kind of like a cnc type that like uh literally it's like where you pretend to kidnap someone it's like fairly common in bdsm to be honest i just i always it's funny because i have people on and then when i'm in editing i'm like oh someone won't know what this is okay let me define it in the best way i can i feel like kidnapping fetish is like under the umbrella of consensual non-consent and it's when a submissive and a dominant uh agree to a role play where the dominant pretends to like kidnap the submissive Mm. and you know it could involve like some submissives want to be like grabbed off the street. Like that's oh, like actually yeah. a thing that some people do. Uh, How do you set that up with like a, a person? Like yeah, like you you prearrange it. It's obviously it's consensual non-consent. Right. So it's pre-consented to. It's prearranged. Maybe there's an element of like the submissive tells the dominant like oh I'm gonna be in these places at this time so you don't know exactly when it's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, like sometimes it involves that. Sometimes maybe you just go to the place where the kidnapping the supposed kidnapping scene is gonna happen and you like do bondage or whatever but um yeah i really like captivity stuff i really like like just mind fucking like my entire kink profile is very much about like mind fucking Mm. psychological so that video went really really uh big and so i think a lot of people think that the only clientele has to be men for dominant Mm -hmm. people but did that track over to your OnlyFans? did you start getting a lot more queer subscribers yeah, I would say that, like, even to this day, like, even though I haven't been TikToking super hard since my last account got deleted. Well, yeah. R.I.P. It's so My biggest rough. account got deleted, like, on my birthday this Ugh. year. Stabbed me through the heart. And so I, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I had to wait a little bit, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm rebuilding. Um, it's always that, that one second of pause where you're like, fuck, this job sucks. Like, yeah. rebuilding all the time is exhausting and dra- and sad, too. Yeah, no, it really did make me sad to, like, lose access to all those videos and, mutu- and yeah, like, my mutuals and stuff. But, yeah, people did start coming over. Like, I'd say to this day, I still have, like, a quarter of my fans are probably, like, queer people. Um, even more are men who are interested in uh, erotic content that is not catered to the traditional cishet male gaze right. who maybe are exploring their queerness or trying to you know unlearn their internalized misogyny or whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and i even one of my like a lot of my consistent submissives are women like i i get booked by women i do like forced orgasm sessions with Mm -hmm. love ants vibrators so we we talk a little bit about OnlyFans, obviously like that but you also do in-person sessions so how is that um well it's not a huge part of my business model as of right now i'm still like I always like I was at dinner with another dom last night and I was like I'm not a baby dom but I'm like a toddler dom you know what I mean like I I still have a lot to learn and um I feel like my domination style at this point in my career is like very focused on soft skills like I'm really good at mind fucking I'm really good at teasing I'm really good at like you know getting to know people and getting in their heads but like you know hard skills and safety is something that I'm like still putting a lot of work into learning so like blood safety and Mm. you know wound management and like impact and all that stuff uh, you know bondage safety like I mean it's a lot people don't realize yeah and so I do sessions but they're not like a huge part of my business model yet just because I feel very strongly about um knowing a lot about safety before I start practicing certain things so in sessions now they're usually with like my closest submissives who like have kind of put work into meeting me or like 
getting to know me, yeah. paying me, making me feel comfortable so with like, them. Yeah, they're reputable. Like, you know that they're consistently there. Yeah, like, other doms have kind of systems to, like, book strangers that they're just never met, that they're just, like, going to do a session with. But that's not quite, like, where I'm at. But, like, next month I'm going to New York with one of my subs. He's flying me out. And we're going to, like, hang out in New York together. And then I'm going to see two of my other subs while I'm there. Um, so, yeah, I do do kind of stuff like How that. How does a normal person, like, a normal submissive approach you for things like that? Like, do you have a specific thing where you're like, if you do this, I'll consider you for that? Or is it kind of just depending case by case? It's very case by case. I have a website. I have a booking forum. Like, you technically can reach out to me to book me if we have no prior relationship. But because my business model at this point is so, like, focused on online content creation mm-hmm. and, like, femdom online stuff... Um, I am, I get to be a lot pickier about who I let kind of like come into my actual space. And so you kind of have to do a little to get my attention because like what, like pay me a ton of money on wish tender. (laughs) That's, that's the way to fast track it. Like send me like $5,000. I'm totally kidding. Well, actually that is something that one of my subs did do. Um, like fine. And I was like, okay, it's hard not to notice you now. (laughs) So like, I don't know. I don't think it's that hard to, um, get on a dom's radar no you just you... have to pay a sex worker oh what a concept or okay you know what though like i stand by you know i want regular people to be able to book me like obviously i love rich people i love like luxury and being showered in luxury but like even if you don't have that money like showing a dom or a sex worker that you're trying to book that you see them as a human being mm-hmm. and like getting to know them on like a real level and talking to them like a fucking person and not like a piece of meat like yep. with your actual dick in your hand <laughs> goes a long way no it does human decency like i is underrated like truly yeah yeah like one of my main submit like i feel like i kind of consider myself to have like a core group of like my my submissives who i am close to and then i have like other people who come to me for like cam shows and stuff right and one of my core submissives is a girl and she like you know she's our age she doesn't have like a ton of money but like she has she she, i don't know she has made herself important to me she has shown me that she gives a my favorite clients like are not and this is like kind of controversial sex worker take are not the ones with the most money all the time I agree with that. Well, okay. I feel like there's a lot of solidarity between just like sex workers and like regular working class people. Oh, I love it. Like some of my favorite clients are people who have working class jobs and understand how annoying dealing with customers is. And yep. so they're like way more polite to me than rich people who don't uh, deal with that. People in the service industry are some of my favorite subscribers. Oh yeah. Yeah. People in the service industry. Totally. And like they, they can't always send as much, but like, like. There's other ways, though, to make me feel appreciated. Exactly. Like, sending a $5 tip and a message about how much you enjoyed content. Like, telling, saying you hope you have a good day. Or, like, just anything that's humanizing, you know? Anything that's, like, I see you as a human being. And also, I, like, am turned on by you and find your work erotic. And I have, like, a lot of subscribers actually don't even say that. Like, who aren't, like... Yes, of course. There's people who are like, I'm coming to you right now. Like, uh. But there's people who are like, I really look up to you. Thank you for making content all the time. Like, yeah, I like, appreciate you. They talk to you like a real person. And I'm like, you don't know how much that means. Seriously, one of my one of my subs right now, the sub who's flying me out to New York, like how we met was I was having a really bad day on cam one day on Streammate and everyone was being super annoying in my room. 
and he booked me for a private show and he just let me talk about whatever I wanted for 45 minutes. That's a dream. How is camming for you? Um, I stopped camming on Streamate actually because uh, I they, they're having like issues right now. I think they lost their contract with Pornhub or something and they're not getting the amount of traffic filtered to I them. I used to cam used on to. Cam Soda. I don't know if you... Yeah, the girl I just collabed with. Yeah, yeah, I love um, her. She cams on Cam Soda and I was like, oh my God, is that why Hank cams on yeah, Cam yeah, Soda? Yeah, it actually is. It actually is because of her. That's so funny. Yeah, she sounds like she does... A, I mostly well, cam on Loyal Fans Camming now. is a fucking hustle. Camming it is, is such a hustle. I, okay, I really because I I obviously had Anna Angel on and we talked about camming, but like I want someone who only cams because there are so many people who don't yeah. do online creation and they just cam. It is like it's like Twitch streaming, but even more invasive. I actually one of the first girls that I collabed with when I first started making porn, like two years ago and first started doming was like a basically a cam girl only Mm -hmm. and it was very interesting to see like she had all these wheels that she would spin she had all these like signs she would have like posted up in the background of her show like she had really put like it was like a little carnival in her camera did you ever go through a camming phase where you were trying to i used to cam with her Mm. um and we would do like very vanilla like like, what like lesbian sex shows basically <laughs> like a little make out touch and i would like eat her pussy on camera oh nice yeah nice. like we were we were really going um, for I would, it like, eat her pussy <laughs> <laughs> like it was a little more than than making out um and yeah we would like make okay money for like where i was at in my career oh, yeah. um but she moved oh shit how is online creation like so you dom a lot uh, obviously online yeah how do you go about coming up with new ideas? Because I find, like, even for me, it can be really redundant. Is there, like, any way you get inspo or, like, things that you do that you genuinely enjoy? Um, That is actually a really good question because I feel like that's something that's always, like, at the front of my mind is, like, how do I... Because I feel like as an OF creator, like, you, you know, like, you're always trying to come up with things like <sighs> wheel spins and, like you know yeah. sexting and, and like sales and raffles and, and, and like, video bundles yep. and, like you know cam show like whatever all you want your only fans to feel like a fun mm-hmm. play, like a little adult carnival that people can come be horny at <laughs> yeah. and i feel like it has been kind of a learning curve for me to like transition that to like fetish stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah i mean to be honest i get a lot of my inspo from other doms i try really hard not to like copy any one person's business model but like I mean, it's uh, just like any other media. Everything is recycled, and you can do it in a tasteful way that's not ripping someone off. Exactly. Like, I'll, I try to take inspiration and not, like, dig any... You know what I mean? Like, I'm not yeah. going to, like, go watch not someone's play, only like, fans and, like, plagiarize all their captions, but, like, mm-hmm. I do know some doms who do, like, OF send out tasks in the messages, and I started doing that, and, like, mm-hmm. I feel like that is something that my submissives There's really always enjoy. inspo to get from other... I mean, I think sex workers are some of the most creative people in the fucking world. Totally. And for me, if I see... Like, even Anna Angel, like, I... When we first met her and I were, like, coming up on OnlyFans, we were working... Like, it mm-hmm. was, like, very beginning for me. I was, like, barely into sex work in online version. And so we would tip each other back and forth. Like, oh, hey, like, this was a really good idea. Like, here's you know if it's like something that's really good like here's 40 bucks and like back then that was a huge amount of money for me like that was like to send to someone yeah yeah like you were like really, like i was like, trying to like her i was like part of your hustle here is my like because i i'm getting a lot from this yeah so when when people steal things i find it's hurtful but if you do it in a tasteful way i'm never offended yeah i mean i like it's funny because now that I've kind of been doming for a while, there are like baby doms out there that I totally can tell are like inspired by me and like kind of like steal some of my hustle. And I'm just like, I'm not even mad. Like no. I did the same shit. And like, I think it's super cute to know that I'm like inspiring people. And I think if you 
feel confident with like yourself and your edge. Like you should never be worried that like someone who's taking a little sprinkle of inspo nope. from you is going to like take Literally, all your clientele or something. There is fucking a market for every Literally. person exactly. out there. Even if you don't, you think you have to be like someone else, like you said in the beginning, like people can tell when you're genuine. Yeah. Yeah. They really can. So whatever you like, stick with that. Just because someone's successful doing something that's like, like even the biggest OnlyFans creators, like if I wanted to, I couldn't replicate what they're doing. Yeah, no, because I'm not them. I, I I'm don't not know. even close to that. Like I can't pretend like I'm enjoying getting fisted in my ass. Like I can't enjoy it. But the thing is, there are people that, that are enjoying enjoy getting it. fisted in their and ass. They deserve that to be their audience. Yeah, and they're making millions of dollars. One hundred percent. Do you have like a? dream at the end not end of sex work because i hate when people are like what are you gonna do and i'm like i'm gonna be an 80 year old milf that like guilt i'm gonna be gonna still be doing fucking myself on no no but you know what i mean but do you have like any like big aspirations that you've wanted to do in sex work um that's like an interesting question because i feel like if someone had asked me that at the beginning of my dom career i would have been like i want to own a dungeon and i want to like but like to be honest i think like the reason that I enjoy doing sex work is because I enjoy having a flexible schedule. I enjoy being able to wake up whenever I want. I enjoy being able to do the activism that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my dream is just to continue to be able to fund my lifestyle with sex work in a way that feels comfortable and safe and enjoyable and be able to continue to like put other, like put my efforts into like my relationships and like causes that I believe in and like, I mean, I don't know, like the world's kind of falling apart. We've got to do some work over the course of the next few years and I would love to take part in it. Um, it's funny how like goals definitely, like for me, I was like, I want all this money and I want all this stuff. And I don't even feel that way now. Like I no. just want to feel happy and I want to like the content that I make and I want to be a good person, which is like yeah. so fucking stupid. Like it's not stupid, but like if I had told myself that when I it started, sounds, cr- it sounds it's, really it's like, 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 laugh, love. Yes. Like, peace, no, it sounds cringy, but it's like, yeah, I feel like, well, cause sometimes, and I, this isn't to hate on any other sex workers at all, but sometimes I look at some of the people who make all that money and I'm like, frankly, I wouldn't want your lifestyle. Like you mm-hmm. work so fucking hard and that's so girl boss and amazing, <laughs> but like, I don't want to work that hard. I'm lazy to my core. And like in my version of lazy is obviously still full-time working. Like, don't get mm-hmm, me wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just be real. Like sex workers never think they're doing enough. And like at any second of the day I'm working somehow somewhere even scrolling to get inspiration yeah but the people who are making the most amount of money the reason why I'm no longer jealous whereas I was when I started is I realized there's a complete difference in like time I don't spend as much time as they do and I think it's also the difference between there's a lot of different ways to approach how you want sex work to fit into like your life journey Mm -hmm. and I think some people see it as I'm gonna make as much money as I can for five years Mm -hmm. and then I'm getting the fuck out like I know a lot of girls that like they just want to buy a house and put a bunch of money in their 401k and then go do something else versus like other people like I want to be a dom until I'm old like part of the reason I got into doming was because I really appreciate that doms tend to work it's into their so older age. It's so sustainable. Yeah, it's that's, a long-term That's career. one of the appeals for... Well, and we kind of talk about this all the time off-camera. One of the appeals for, like, it's funny, is when I was doing very unsafe, unethical, in-person work, I realized quickly that, like, doming is more of a mindfuck and more of, like, a psychological affair, whereas 
any other form of sex work, and like this is obviously from my point of view, is way more physically draining. There's obviously so many things that are physically draining about being dominating and like doing a bunch of stuff, but it's so sustainable to dom, in my opinion, the rest of your life. Whereas if I was going to take things inside of me till I was 80 years old, there's a toll that happens on your body. I don't care what anyone says. Like to me to think about when I film for five days in a row doing submissives or customs or things like that like versus doming and doing things like that it's still just as draining it's just completely different for me I guess I don't even think about I mean yeah that's probably true I don't really even think about it from that perspective I think about it from like the ageism angle that like it's so true people like from the start even when I was just like sugaring when I in college like whenever I would tell like let it slip to someone that I was in the industry (laughs) like first thing they say is like well that's not gonna last very long yeah you have like a three-year shelf life and it's like well not if you're a pro dom I know doms who are in their 50s and 60s who are still booked and fucking busy because 100% submissive men I mean respect older women there are obviously submissive like escorts that are working till they're fucking 70 years oh absolutely that is not to shit on other forms of sex work because you can stay in those for so long but I 100% agree from an outside perspective that is the full angle is like if you're a dom for some reason there's like a level of like oh you're older and doing this like good for you yeah I mean that is actually like a really good point like and I think that that um is true for escorting too because i know escorting is another sector of sex work where you can do it until you are in your 50s yeah. 60s um and say for, i mean there's older. mommy porn there's gilf porn like i know that's true but it's not as normalized like there's totally. not as many people well i doing think like it. what i was about to say about doming and escorting is like there's an element to both of those kinds of work that like skill is really important like when yep. you go to a 50 year old dom who's been working for 30 years she knows things that someone like me could never well, it's experience. Have. Yeah. Like she knows. Yeah. 30 years of learning fetish safety and, you know, learning how you, how the specific way you like to tie yeah. someone up, the, the exact perfect way to shine your leather, like mm-hmm. all that shit is like stuff that just comes with experience. Yep. And like, yeah, I and mean, Dominic is escorting. a craft and yeah, I, I think just like other crafts, the longer you do it, the better you get at it. And yeah. people know that and book older doms. And I love that. Oh no, I 100% agree. I think that's like one of the biggest things that I've noticed too, is a lot of the doms that I like see that I look up to are older yeah because I'm like you know your shit totally you have it together something about the confidence and you can tell the experience is there like you again things that are faked are easily readable like you can tell well and it's funny because I think about like stuff that I didn't understand like like I think about stuff that I'm so much more comfortable in and that feels so like second nature to me that didn't two years ago when I first started doming and I'm like I cannot believe I have like potentially 40 years of this ahead of me Mm -hmm. like I cannot believe that all this learning that has happened to me in the last two years is gonna like multiply yeah for however many years dude I I still get comments like I had a comment the other day on my Instagram um being like women always think like they can just get their money now show off their body now and just wait till you're old you're not gonna have anything useful and I'm like good for you for comparing me to just my body because as much as we want to say that's all sex workers are, there's so much more that goes into it. Well, and it's also funny because, like, most sex workers that I know have, like, a level of experience with running a business mm. at a young age that yep. is just, like, frankly incomparable to most people's experience. <laughs> like, I challenge any fucking business. Like, if you have a master's degree in business, go head to head with a whore 
and start a startup and see who the fuck has more money in a year because it's going to be dude. The like whore. how many how many um websites how many different online revenues do you have oh my god i have like seven streams of income Can you list and them? i oh my okay i'm on uh i make money on wish tender i make money on OnlyFans. i make money on my free OnlyFans. i have sex panther i'm on many vids i'm on i want clips i have a fansly i have a loyal fans uh, and sometimes people send me gifts on Cash App. So that's 10 different ways that and I that's receive just money. And that's you... actually maybe not even all no, of them. No, no, no. I, I know it's not. And that's just things that you've learned and adapted. Like, yeah, there's not many other businesses that have 10 little dips into different. Yeah, into different, like, types yep. of ways. And, and the thing that's so funny is, like, the grind set influencers are always, like, have multiple streams of income. This is how you get rich. And it's, like, you know who does that? You know who I, you know who I know who is super into multiple streams of income is whores yeah because once again everything is popular in the whore community and then it trickles down into society literally and we're all running businesses like one of the ways that i actually like sold it to my mom like my mom and stepdad both know what i do and one of the i mean i didn't really have to sell it to her she was really supportive to be honest she's so great that's amazing one of the ways i sold it to her was i was like i know that like the the stereotype about why you know part of why you would not want your kid to get into sex work is that there's a stereotype that we make all this money while we're young and then we're just ass out on the street mm-hmm. with nothing to do. And I was like, dude, I know how to run a business. I could have a boutique. I could have a cafe. I could run a restaurant. I could like, my boyfriend's a welder. I could like do the admin for a metal shop yep. that we ran. Like literally once you know how to like, like uh, have an LLC and, and pay your taxes and do quarterlies and do accounting, like all that stuff is transferable to any kind of And not of to mention like most sets have so many jobs. So like you could even stay in the industry and do oh my like God, yeah. directing or, you know, like or agency Or you could even work. go into like film or so, like yep. any kind of like visual creation. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the, even if you don't want to take your business skills and run with them, you could take your visual creative skills and run with them. 100%. So you said your boyfriend's a welder. My boyfriend is a welder. That is true. <laughs> I'm really trying to get him to start making custom kink equipment. So Cal, if you're listening to this, um, please get your shit together. <laughs> well, so you're, I know you're polyamorous and it's yes. funny. Uh, I think Ivy's the only other person I've had on that pretty much openly talked about it. So when did you, oh when, did you fi- when did you find, when did you find out you're polyamorous <laughs> or when did you want to try and, and, you know, figure it out? Sorry, I just coughed into that. It was so disgusting. <coughs> no, I smoke way too much weed, everyone. Don't be like me. Um, <laughs> I, oh my God. I'm like, how do I want to, do? how bad do I want to make myself look? I feel like I'm super slut. Like, the funny thing about not being slutty, like super slutty and sexual in my sex work career is I like really am in my personal life because I get to keep all of that for myself. And so I've always been really slutty. I've always been really flirty. I've always had a really hard time. Like, I'm intense and I love really hard, but I've always had a really hard time having that be incompatible with me still being flirty and slutty. Mm, So, like, when I was in monogamous relationships when I was younger, like, I would usually be, like, I would usually have somebody in my life that, like, I was interested in on the side that I was having, like, really stop myself from flirting with. Or Yeah, I was super... And what... And just to everyone listening, I did all of this emotional damage to cis men. So it doesn't count, and you can't think I'm a bad person. Um, because... Like, you're talking to, like, a Taurus who, like, when I look at someone, I'm like, am I cheating right now? (laughs) Yeah, I was emotionally cheating on, like, every cis male that I was... I, like, yeah... Um, so then I got into a relationship with my current partner and we were monogamous for like a year and a half, two years, but basically like our vibe was just like, we both had really like tumultuous childhoods. We've both like 
had really like difficult times like attaching and grounding ourselves in anything and we met and we're like oh my god like I love you we live together really well like we're both neat freaks we keep our apartment super clean we both pay our bills on time we're both super responsible we both have um uh earth stelliums in our charts um and (laughs) so we kind of were just like hey like I love you you're like my life partner like this is so stable I'm so happy with you but like we're both in our early 20s and like we're both really hot and realistically like the idea that we're never gonna like have any other relationships with anyone else ever again seems a little ridiculous but like we really really want to have this like safe home together right and so yeah we just kind of decided that we should probably open up our relationship because we want to maintain this stable home and we feel you know we wanted to acknowledge that realistically super you know long-term relationships that start at a really young age can sometimes be pulled apart by like other attraction and like other experiences that you want to have and like I think that those can still be really important I think like people's desire to have romantic and sexual adventure in their life is extremely valid and like always prioritizing stability over that is like maybe not in my mind the recipe for like a happy life and so we decided to kind of like just prioritize both do you think in polyamory you have to have really good communication oh my god yeah oh my god i like over communicate to a degree that i think like maybe irritates people like i don't know i am very communicative like like if if i'm like having a bad day like, I will tell my partner, like, I'm feeling this way, and this is why I'm acting like this, and so if you feel like I'm being a bitch, that's why. Like, I just, like... I think that's useful, though, in general. No, it is, it is, and I feel like I came from a household where we didn't do that, and so Same. I had to, like, really develop that, like, muscle as oh, an yeah. adult of being like, hey, I know I'm acting like a bitch right now, this is why I'm having a really bad day. Yeah. Because, like, I grew up in a tiny household where, like, you know, if a parent was mad, like, everyone just had a bad day, and, like, nobody talked about it, nobody knew what was going oh, yeah. on. My it was like when I got in trouble it was like like if I was drinking at home like they would put like the alcohol on my desk but like never acknowledge it yeah and like act like nothing was wrong so like a lot of that I carried into my life being like oh nothing's wrong nothing's yeah wrong. you never talk about like, anything I, yeah, yeah yeah but it's weird when you get into a stable relationship and then wanting to communicate because you know it's not fair for the other person like when well, you suddenly are like oh it's like fine for me to say this right like I'm not gonna get in trouble for like expressing how and I like feel. this person gives a fuck also right like, like I know there's a lot of people like who make jokes on TikTok like when you finally live alone like this isn't my experience but I can relate it with communicating and you like get to go to the kitchen without getting yelled at totally and like that's how it feels like for me to be like oh I can talk to you and it's not gonna make you like one in a weird way like that's kind of how like finally being open and polyamorous was because it's like like me going to the kitchen without getting yelled at is like me being attracted to other people Mm. you know and I can like be super honest about that with my partner and like he's probably the first person I have ever securely attached to in my entire life. Like I just trust him and feel safe with him in a way that I like really never have with anybody else. And so like when we have an issue or like one of us wants to see someone else or like we're, you know, one of us is like falling for someone else or like we're, you know, dealing with any kind of other feelings. Like I just know that he cares about me and like at his core, he wants what's best for me and our relationship and that he is always acting from that place. And so Mm -hmm. even when like shitty stuff happens or we miscommunicate or one of us fucks up or we hurt each other's feelings, like I know I like trust him so deeply because like I've dated other people where we had love for each other, we were attracted to each other, but they did not have my best intentions at heart. Right. And so I didn't trust them in that same way. That's a lot of people in the fucking world. (laughs) That's like almost everyone else I've dated (laughs) besides my boyfriend right now. But, uh, 
yeah so i feel like i just really trust him to just be like hey this is what's going on with me like what's yeah. going on with you like what should we do what and, was like, your attachment honest. style like before him oh my god aggressively anxious like oh, I'm, I'm i'm a s- crazy bitch like <laughs> i post memes about it on my fucking instagram sometimes what, what is, is that? that noise this truck is breaking so hard sir we're trying to film a podcast we're talking about our attachment <laughs> styles um i'm severely anxious i'm too. a crazy bitch i'm less crazy now that i'm sober though i'm too tired to be crazy i'm less crazy but I'm now slightly, that i, I know dabble, i have autism i dabble <laughs> i dabble in craziness still i yes i also dabble in craziness now that i now that i know treat. that i am autistic or like i'm like 95 percent sure i'm not formally diagnosed but self-diagnosis is valid um <laughs> i am way better at regulating my nervous system and that i have a very dysregulated nervous system what I, does that feel like um, like just like really bad anxiety. That's like the generational curse of all the women in my family. We're mm. all mad anxious. My mom definitely like handed that down to me. Here you um, go. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, babe. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I feel like I've had to learn how to like regulate my nervous system as an adult with like stimming and like weighted blankets and walks and like being in tune with my body and actually getting, you know, energy out of my body when I need to, et cetera. And that has like helped me a lot with my attachment style. But like I definitely like I don't know. I definitely still feel like I feel myself go to like a very like destabilized, like kind of psycho place if I feel like someone is like trying to leave me or like fuck me over oh, or like yeah. I'm, I'm like not, where like, are you safe. going? Like girlies who like date like for fun and just like fuck around with like fuck boys and like like I will throw up. I could like I only could you do are that. Braver than I the can Marines. only do that when I uh, thought I was straight. <laughs> Yeah, like, I was I, like, why don't I care that this man doesn't like me? <laughs> and then I dated a woman, and I was like, I'm going to fucking throw up right See, here. See, I'm pansexual as fuck, and I care when all the people don't like me. Um, so, Damn. Yeah, I definitely used to be, like, more, like, like, I was always the person who would get too clingy and expect too much and expect, like, my partners to, like, solve all of my emotional problems, mm. and, like, I didn't know how to be there for myself, and I didn't know how to regulate myself, and I would just expect way too Very, much from like, my partners and be really clingy and psycho. Yeah. No, I, I feel that. I feel like the more... It's weird because I have talked about this a little bit, but I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. Is like, I think, and I'm not going to give sex work too much credit, but I think the communication through sex work and collabing and things has really helped me in my personal life. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, truly... The way you have to set boundaries in a collab and just genuinely be like, no, I don't want to do that. You have to stick with it. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter if the whole room wants to do it and you don't, you have to be like vouching for yourself. Yeah. And like, but also being in a space in sex work where you're working with people who care about your well-being so much where mm-hmm. when you vouch for yourself, they're like, okay, we're not going to do that. Right. And they vouch that for That has you. been very healing for me, yeah. you know, because like, I feel like in sex work, when you're with other performers who are good people, who are good at what they do, when you set a boundary, that boundary is respected. And like, mm-hmm. that is such a like healing experience. If you're someone who like didn't have their boundaries respected when you were growing up or like mm-hmm. had boundaries crossed sexually I, or whatever. I like chose to let my boundaries be crossed to feel more like sizable. Like, oh all the yeah. Time. Yeah. I chose to let people cross my boundaries to feel loved. Like mm-hmm. I didn't feel like anybody would love me if I didn't just like fully like crucify myself. Right, like for anything other you want, if it makes you like me more, I'll do it. Yeah. And I'll be whoever, like, I'll, like, erase any part of my personality yeah. that you don't oh, want. Oh, you don't like criminal minds? I hate criminal minds. And yeah, like, or, like, oh, you don't like that I'm, like, loud or, like, you don't like my jokes? Oh. Like, I'll just never do that. Like, I'll just, like, be this quiet Dude, person. the like, loud one. <laughs> like, well, I, yeah, I you still have, have to like loud when crazy someone, bitches When today, someone, sh- like, that noise, sh- like, literally oh triggers my, my fight or flight. I'm like, oh, you fucking hate me. Like, you think I'm a piece of shit. You're so annoyed by me. The tagline of my high school friends were, like, 
take it from a 17 down to a two. Ugh. They would always say that to me. And I'm just like, okay. I'm too much for you. Why don't you get a different friend then? <laughs> Fuck you. So yeah, I feel like... I feel oh. like it's been very healing to be around whores who are so no, like obsessed with consent and boundaries and like so good about like oh, not yeah. forcing anything on anyone. Who and I think it's anything. a privilege to be at like a, a point in my career where like I also can turn down people, which oh, yeah. was not the case when I no. first started. Like I was like, I you need, had to take every fucking collab I, that was at I your need door. This money, yeah, more than I need. Like <laughs> I got eat, myself like, into so many like really gross like stomach turning relationships at the Mm -hmm. beginning oh my god don't put that in people need to pay for that um (laughs) but i put i got myself into so many like stomach turning and gross like codependent or like just too close or like obsessive like i let people who i could tell didn't like were too obsessed with me or like Mm -hmm. weird oh have access to me because i needed the money so Mm -hmm. bad and like it feels so good to not have to do that anymore oh i feel so grateful Oh my God, wait, were you going to say something? No, you go first. Well, what I was going to say is I was just talking to another sex worker about this the other day after we filmed an orgy about how like one thing that makes me really sad about like swerfs, like people who like aggressively hate the sex industry is I feel like a lot of swerfs like are people who did sex work for like five seconds Mm -hmm. and had all of the really bad experiences that a lot of people who like are brand new to sex work have like bottom of the barrel clientele, pedo adjacent clientele, like negging you know people haggling you people Mm -hmm. like not respecting your boundaries etc because when you don't have a brand and you haven't made a name for yourself and you're not making a lot of money like that's those are the kind of things that people will come at you with and they like project and extrapolate that reality onto all the entire industry Mm -hmm. and they think that all of us are experiencing that all the time rather than understanding that that's like kind of like a new sex worker experience right and it doesn't mean i don't experience that it's just very less frequent and obviously like that's something that i have like so many weird feelings about that like for most of us there is just like a necessarily or not necessary but there is just like this traumatic period that almost all of us go through at the beginning of being sex workers when you just have like shit clientele and you don't know what you're doing well without that and i i'm not saying oh i want someone to have that but like in my case without that i wouldn't have the boundaries i do today i totally agree and i don't i don't wish i had it it just is what it is which is why you should never groom civilians into sex work 100 percent. but but like i wish that more people understood that like once you do get past that point and you like kind of I don't know you make a name for yourself you you have a brand like you you kind of know what is up right this work can be so great and Mm -hmm. so like life-giving and so like healing and like I just spent 10 days in LA everyone I worked with was fucking amazing everyone I worked with I'm so proud of you for not getting canceled on oh my god I know nobody canceled on me it was crazy yeah actually one person did cancel me I'm lying one girl did cancel me but that's one one out of like 13 collabs is crazy that is why I mean if you don't know LA is like one of the flakiest places in the fucking world. Yeah, if you want people to not flake on you, go to go to New York. Go to New York. Yep. Yeah, nobody I will agree. flake in New York. The East nope. Coast sex workers show up on time they're too. on their shit. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's just a different pace. Yeah, I swear. It really is. People Dasha, like... that's literally Dasha and Ivy. I've I've been staying with the East Coast girlies <laughs> this week. Thank God. I know, literally, we've been getting so much shit done, it's insane. But yeah, I just wish more people could know that like once you get to a certain different point in sex work, like those of us who are like you know career sex worker like oftentimes we're having a really good time like oh, we yeah. we have a great work the hardest part for me is like 
my own mental illness. Literally, I am the, my own biggest. I am my problem. Yes. Like, none of the, like, I almost never have problems with other performers. Like, I never have problems with collabs. Like, everyone is Especially now. So I definitely did. But now, no, I no, don't. No, like, now I feel so blessed. Like, I get to work with such fucking cool people. Like, the people I get to meet, I just feel so grateful. Like. I do, too. And I think it's, like, you get to a point where you realize that, like, not all money is good money. And like, oh my God, yeah. it, but the thing is, is I needed money when I started. Well, the thing is when your rent isn't paid, like mm-hmm. that's a different fucking, you oh, know what I mean? The like things I have done to pay my rent. Like if I told you, you would not you, but whoever's listening, all would, of you people out there would, you would be like mortified. And like, to me, it was just another Friday. Like I was well, like, and you're in survival mode. Survival sex work is so valid. And that's what I yeah. talk about all the time. I'm like, anytime I'm talking about like, don't get into it because of this, I'm never talking about survival sex work. Yeah. If you like, oh yeah. If I you never need do. to survive, like I, if you're a civilian and you fucking don't have money and you need to go like, and, and you go fuck in a motel to pay your rent. I, I hope like, I don't there. want, I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want you to be unsafe, but like, I don't fucking judge anybody. Like, no. And it all comes from a place of just wishing, like saying what I wish I had known. It's never like a judgmental place. Well, and I feel like I wish more people, more civilians understood that like that, like that's what, what we're saying when we're like, I won't help you get into the industry. Dude, I still to this day. And like, I made like a very thorough PDF and a whole podcast. I, know, episode, I remember you posting that. And I still to this day get people on every single post I have being like, I need you to help me get into this. And I'm like, I don't think you understand how offensive that is to me because unless they don't you know, know what you've been through, that's and it feels so bitchy to say that. No, but they don't know like all like they see Hank in 2023 with all these followers and <sighs> was podcast and like you know in your cute apartment with your bestie collabing all the time and they don't like they weren't there when you were sugaring they weren't there when you were like in active addiction at the club. Nope. they were not there in all those hotel rooms. Like they no. they weren't there and it's like. Yeah, people don't, like, even, I feel like I have, like, a relatively non-traumatic, like, I, I got into online work very quickly and, like, understood very fast. But you saying rel- relatively non-traumatic, I know that you- Oh, I that- was still assaulted <laughs> by a sugar daddy in his fucking apartment when I was 19 years old. Like, yeah. I was gonna say, like, respectfully, we're, we're desensitized. Like, let's yeah. be real. Let's yeah. be real. No, yeah. And, uh, like, yeah, I mean, I and still I, remember I still every argue, detail of that interaction. I still would argue that I had a- relatively non-traumatic and i and i did i know i no, did you're actually right it's like but all of us are desensitized because i feel like we everyone who wasn't like forced into the industry by sex trafficking would say that because it's true because we, we know, know there's worse experiences worse experience. yeah exactly but like but i also know people who have had better experiences so true, true. there's always someone up and someone down well and yeah like i mean sex work is just like any other job like like there are people who work in the restaurant industry that are being profoundly abused and have an right. unsafe work There's environment. There's always like a position of power somewhere abusing someone. Yeah, well, in, in all different kinds of work, laborers can be exploited mm-hmm. and can be put into unsafe working conditions. Mm-hmm. I really, it really pisses me off when people talk about sex work because a, I think it's it singles us out. To, it's not unique to. And I think it also ignores the workplace. shit that people like. To me, people are like, oh, you're gonna get assaulted. I'm like, bro, I was molested in the kitchen at a restaurant I was working at. Um, I was molested by a frat boy. Okay. Literally, like, not on the clock. I used so to, let's be real here. The things that the old guys at the golf course used to say to me when I was a beer girl, like, were worse than people say to me on OF now, I mm. swear to God. And I'm actually making the correct amount of money for people to say that shit to me. <laughs> and they have now. to subscribe to be mean. So yeah. it's like... And I don't count. No, no, no. I'm talking about, like, objectifying shit. Like, mm-hmm. guys would ask me to flash my tits, like, seven-year-old men. Oh, yeah. 
And I would be 18 out on a hole on a golf course by myself, like serving beer. And like all these men would just be around me, like sexually harassing me. And I would just be alone. And like, yep. and yeah, I just think it's so weird how people act like, oh, sex work is like this special place. And it's like, no, misogyny actually exists everywhere. And like, <laughs> yeah, misogyny, you ever heard of it? Yeah. Like women actually just are victims no, of sexual assault. And I, I also, this is a controversial take, but I find a lot women. of, a lot of women and I'm speaking normally it's women. I'm, I'm generalizing mm-hmm. for sure. So don't come mm-hmm. at me that hate on sex workers have internalized misogyny. Most totally. of them do. And, it, and it's only because I will see a comment that they say, and then I will continue to read comments. They have, and it's always just like, well, you're doing this for the male gaze. And like, we know you're a lesser human being. And it's like, Oh, because you agree that women, you agree who, with the male gaze, you agree with the male gaze. It's not, it's not your actual take. You're just actually misogynistic. I agree with that. And I think like the other side of the coin that I perceive a lot is people who are aggressively sexually repressed mm. and are actually jealous of us. Like, I think there is like an epidemic, especially in Western culture, especially in the United States of people, people are horny. People want to fuck. People want to get tied up. They want to get spanked. They want shit in their holes. People want to have fun. People want to come. People want to fuck. Like we are human beings. We have like physical needs. It goes back to purity culture though. Literally. And, and like we, you know, we have these extremely sexual lives and we are like deviants. Like we are not doing life the way that the fucking Catholic church wants us to. Mm -hmm. We are like the bad guys. We're the bad kids, the bad ladies. We're what the liberals want. We're the ladies of the night, you know? And like, And I feel like some of these people who have done everything right, who have like, you know, gone to church and got married and worn the right clothes and shopped at fucking old lady. right clothes. Yeah, like been modest and like, you know, become mothers and all this stuff. Adhered to society. They're repressed. They're fucking horny. They -hmm. want someone to like bend them over and chain them up and fuck them until they scream. Like, I'm so serious. They want it so bad. And I feel like some of these comments I get on TikTok, I'm like, do you want me to come fuck you? Like, you seem like you really, really need to come. No, you know, when you get a hate comment with an undertone of, like, horny. Especially, and I, I'm talking specifically from, like, repressed, like, I'm going to generalize again, like, repressed, like, women. I'm like, do you need me to come, like, give you, like, a Hitachi workup right now? Because, like, <laughs> the energy workup. that I'm getting from you is that, you, like, what it is is it's like, we're not supposed to do that. What? Like, I was told that we were not allowed to do this. Right. And why are you here doing it? And it's yeah. like, well, because I didn't follow the rules and maybe you could have not well, followed the rules I was too. thinking about this last night. I remember, and like, this might be a weird thing, but like, I remember at 19 being like, and this was obviously the glamorized version of porn, but I was like, I think it must feel so freeing to just be a I porn I used star. to think that but too. But I was like, but I could never do that. I, I used to watch porn and like, and be like, oh my God, I can't believe that this girl like comes mm-hmm. to work and gets to like put on a cute outfit and like get like fucked for kink.com, like in exactly all the ways I want to get fucked. Mm-hmm. Like what the hell? I want to do this. But like, I, would I was get, like, jealous. A, I would get, a, I was jealous too. I would get a pit in my stomach and was like in another life. That would be me. No. And I would always think like, oh my God, I bet these girls have like such crazy like sex lives and have all these like amazing sexual experiences that, that I'm never going to like, have. It's like. Okay, some of it's true and some of it's not. Some of it's fake as fuck. I mean, it's all glamorized. Like, let's be real. Like, everything is. I mean, even actors, like, are glamorized. Like, actual actors. I definitely would be jealous of girls who were having, like, crazy Mm -hmm. sexual experiences in porn. And and I think that. I just, I couldn't fathom, like, how people could live their life without fear of judgment. Like, I was so insecure and anxious. Did you grow up religious? My dad was a Catholic monk for 22 years. 
oh my god we're both ex-catholics mm-hmm. but you know what was weird is that i was such an atheist as a kid like i was like oh, really i was i'll break everything i was also a very angry traumatized child mm-hmm. obviously I was so adopted. you were like i was like if i have to go to church like i will scream while we're there like i will make it everyone's problem like my parents like gave up on me i was so mean wow. i was so mean but i still like when i masturbated was like um please god forgive me because I was so, like, scared that maybe it was real. I actually feel that I was very, like, again, like, I went to Catholic school from the time I was in seventh grade until I was a senior in high school. And, like, I would always call out sick on days we had mass. And, like, mm. I was such a, like, bad stoner girl, like, doing drugs on the weekends and not Rah. caring about Catholic culture. But but then, like, deep down, I had, like, all this weird sexual repression that was 100% oh, from it was so. Catholic. I mean, I was, like, I also, like, could have been out as a lesbian since my oh my first god. Love. Oh, my God. My first love. I was 14 years old when I first fell in love with me the girl too. me too and it's like the reason why i repressed it for so long i think is I like 13, deep think, down like deep down i was like oh maybe this is bad Even i had like good. girlfriend like i no, i was the queen of like the homoerotic close friendship i had oh, like same oh my god i had a series of i think four of those from mm. the time i was 13 until i was 17 like those girls were my girlfriend oh dude no i had like a i had my best friend i literally will never forget and like to this day like i don't even think of it like oh my god i miss her it's just like so funny to think that her and i were you were the, dating the tr- no we, we called each other like we were dating like we had a, a date we were dating like we were fully dating but you but just didn't know at to call night it that. at night i would have like anxiety attacks about it like, I would never, like, voice it to her, but I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, my last one that I had before I came out, I ghosted her when people started to ask me. Mm. If, like, people would be like, you guys seem gay. Like, what the fuck is your deal? Like, you guys Dude. hang out all the time. And I freaked out, and I, like, could not... I couldn't even deal with people, like, using the word gay in the same sentence mm-hmm. as me because it was so true. It's weird. Once I once I turned, like, 17, I don't know what happened. I think, like... Because I, I tried to date a man after, and mm-hmm. I think I loved him. Like, I really do. Like, in a way that was, like... He was my best friend before. Yeah. We didn't even fuck for years. Like, I loved him as a person. And, like... I, I realized you can be friends with a boy and like, well you not can love still him. love a man as a lesbian it's just probably Dude, not sexual it wasn't really sexual but I was so repressed and horny that I yeah. was like oh my god I'm not gay like I've had sex with men but I just like loved him like a best friend and it was yeah. weird when we broke up I was like hmm that breakup wasn't as hard as the first one that wasn't even that real or long as the first one that was with like a girl mm-hmm. and so then I started secretly I, I was like known as like the town gay and it was mm-hmm. like weird because i wasn't even like that openly gay i guess i gave off gay vibes like me too people started asking me when i was like 14 like are you gay and i would be like why would dude, you ask that me summer that? after senior year of high school like i don't know what it was but anyone that was like by questioning would be like so like like how do i like how do i like kiss you like what do i do dude it was like really and i like started being like kind of weirded out because i was like can people see something that I don't know? I Other people, 100, like, people knew that I was gay from the time I was, like, in seventh grade. Same. Like, the other kids at Catholic school, as soon as I got to, a, like, a homophobic environment, mm-hmm. I started getting bullied for being oh, gay. Oh, same. Dude, my, and that first boyfriend I was talking about was, like, we would fight, and he'd be like, you fucking carpet muncher. Like, you and know, I didn't even know. Same. I, I didn't like, even know. I was like, what do you mean? I have no bitches. No, but the way that other people see it before you, I feel yeah. like a lot of gay people, like, I remember so clearly one time walking up to this girl in, like, the, like, cafeteria like before school (laughs) and I'm 15 and I'm like trying to be a normal girl I have autism so I guess I don't know what normal girls do but I walk up to her and I'm like oh my god you look so good today like you look really good and she goes I didn't know you were gay (gasps) and I was like stab me through the heart what the fuck mine was like I would never like when I was in a changing room I literally and I mean this would like look at the ground with such intensity because I was like 
they're gonna think I want them. And like no normal person. No. Okay, normal. That's that not was a the wrong word. But anyone that's not gay is <laughs> calling like, all the gays freaks. I'm like normal. We are, though. But I was like anyone that like like lives their life normally, like that isn't worried about people's perceptions, was like just doing no, their life. The, the straight girls were just like hanging out with each other and i was like eyes room. to the ground and i was like please i'm not trying to look and i really wasn't like i was like because i felt i obviously knew like i was attracted. yeah because you yeah that was how i was with like like you know how straight girls like when they're all hanging out they'll just like touch each other like they'll like lay a head on another girl's lap or like hold hands i was like how the fuck like what Dude, if i, I so do that anti-touch. i'm going to be horny i <laughs> like you cannot and that like i feel like i knew that like i would be like i can't have another girl touch me like this my vagina will awaken <laughs> Dude, I used to... No, I'm not going to get into it because I was a kid. I was a kid, so I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, you know. But just know that, like, the signs were there so early on, but I think given, given the Catholic guilt, like, it was just very hard for me to, like... Again, with porn, with being sexual, with being gay, like, with being, like, myself, it was just, like, there was so much guilt, and I don't know why the fuck I let it hold me back. But it's crazy that you're saying that you let it hold you back because you're, like, what, 24? <laughs> and you're, like, fully, like, out and engaged to a woman and, like, doing porn. <laughs> for a living so it's like oh my god you were so repressed for so long I'm the same way I'll like tell someone like oh I came out so late I came out when I was 21 and then some gay who like was in the closet until they were 30 and had been married twice will be like what are you saying like 20 no I know I am actually so lucky it just it just felt like and anyone that is young and like feels like it took so long like I can really, it just felt like I was in a box for so many years. And it wasn't that many years. Like, I'm aware of that, but it just felt so fucking I also long. think, like, the younger generation, like, like we're, like, Gen Z. And, like, mm-hmm. the younger one is, like, Gen Alpha, right? I don't even I think that's what know. they're called. Because we're, we're Z, that, so they're going back alpha? to the beginning. We're team Alpha? Well, they're going back to the beginning of the alphabet. Oh, I see. Because it was Z, and then they have to go back oh to Oh, my God, a. we're the last? We're the last. I know, scary, whoa, right? Whoa, Weirdly whoa. apocalyptic. Uh, but Gen Alpha, like, I feel like they're all so gay. Like, they're, I mean... Yeah, they're all like coming out in high school and stuff. You know what I mean? Because like, there's so because much there's more media. Literally, yeah. I didn't even know. Like, I remember watching H two O. I remember watching Blue is the warmest color over stop, and over stop. and over and. I never knew why like feminine relationships in movies would break my heart so much more than like ti- like the Titanic. I was like, he got to fit on there. I don't oh wait, H two O when him. she has to go back to uh-huh. the water and they're all crying together. Dude, I cried. I was like, that imagine. A, okay, and that one girl is such a dyke. Like, Jojo. Yes, Dude, she is like, lesbian coded. As fuck, dude. Lava girl. That is a lesbian a story. No, like is. she is a femme that comes to the city and like becomes the girlfriend of this little lesbian who's sad that her best friend is about to move like, away. You can't go back. That, no, like, like I felt that so hard. And the lesbian isn't she the one who's staying in town? Mm-hmm. So her little mermaid. Wait, girlfriend, is she or is it the other one? I don't I forget. remember. Anyways, it doesn't. It's matter. been a while. But like things like that would hurt me so bad. And I was oh like, God. that was like my version of queer media. Yeah, and I've, now there's so much more representation. Like, if I think about it, no, it's and they're like, oh, so many people are coming out, and everyone's turning gay, and it's like, no, we just they have the information, exactly. dude. Like, there's not more of them; they're just more out. They get well, to live a free life. Think about like you were literally dating a woman. I was dating other girls in high school, but because I didn't have mm-hmm. anything, any reference point for girls dating. I didn't know that's what was happening. Like it really, like, I don't know, like media representation sometimes feels like such an overdone conversation when, with regards to queerness. But I think at the same time, like there was such an element of Mm -hmm. me just being like, I feel this way about girls, but I have no roadmap for why or what it means or what it would look like. Well, and the fact that now, and I know there's always been queer couples who have 
existed. Like, don't get me wrong. But I think now we see, like, older generations that have obviously been dating for forever and ever. Like, I didn't know that, like, you could just marry a woman. Like, I yeah. thought I, I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have a family because I was like, I don't want to fucking marry a man. Like, yeah. I was just like, I didn't realize that it was an option. And now I bet people are, like, seeing all of these happy, thriving. Well, now think about how many celebrities are, like, like, I feel like when we were kids, celebrities who are like queer they would never talk about it like yeah. unless you wanted to Think be fucking, fucking ellen, ellen. Yeah. literally unless you wanted to be ellen who suddenly her entire career was about being a lesbian and mm-hmm. obviously she has parlayed that you know quite well for herself but Whatever, like yeah uh, i don't like ellen but yeah. yeah i don't think any of us like ellen um <laughs> if you like ellen you're fucking weird uh but like but like that it was your whole personality nobody came out you know yeah. what i mean and now it's like like Phoebe Bridgers will just casually be in a lesbian relationship and then be in mm-hmm. a relationship with a man mm-hmm. after, or like, you know, like Cara Delvine, yeah. like dates all the like hot female celebrities. And it's just like, it's more normal. Like people don't even really come out anymore. Mm-mm. I feel like, like people just are gay and it's just like fine. Yep. And it, I mean, and obviously like homophobia still exists. Like totally. don't get me wrong. Of course, we're literally in the middle of the American government trying to genocide queer people. So for sure. So obviously though, it's different. Like, I don't think I, I, the argument that like, Oh, more people are coming out. That's not true. These people were already just, they were just gay silently. Well, I also just think like, like sexuality is a social construct. Like whether or not you feel, you are the type of person who would identify as queer Mm -hmm. is so aggressively dependent on how safe it, like exactly. Obviously in every period of time, there are people who feel so connected to queerness and so disconnected from heterosexuality that they will do, they will live a dangerous life to be who they are. But now that it's, you know, and obviously the pendulum is swinging again, it's incredibly dangerous to be trans in this country right now. And that has popped up in the last like fucking two years. But the pendulum has swung and it's like safe and okay to be queer. Like I think about that sometimes. Like if I was born in the 60s, I don't know if I would have come Dude, out. I cried my eyes out when I was getting my period two months ago to Jasmine because I was like, imagine existing 150 years ago. Not 150, yeah, like, have like you 50 read years ago. Blues? Yes, and imagine though that you don't get to have a fulfilled married life with your partner. You're in you're getting You're getting fired from jobs yep, all the time. You, you have no you can't even go to a bar. Exactly. Like you your you family has openly disowned you. just exist as a person the entire world is hostile to you yeah mm-hmm. i mean like people who were willing to be out in that environment were so fucking brave mm-hmm. and and like obviously felt so connected to that kind of life right. but i think nowadays there's people who like like you shouldn't have to be that brave to be who you are no and there's a lot of people who weren't that brave who would have been queer if it was just like an okay option and that's what's happening now like imagine like and even i think about it i think about it sometimes like when i'm like feeling domesticated and like Mm -hmm. cleaning my kitchen i'm like i would have been the drunk housewife with the husband i didn't love that was like falling in love with the maid like yeah or like that was having an affair with like the the next door neighbor's wife absolutely yeah if i i like am by like i do date cis guys like once in a blue moon but like if i had never gotten to like go down that path of how I felt about women, Mm -hmm. I would have felt like a piece of me was like, just like not there for my entire life. Like I would have felt like such an incomplete. Dude, I felt like if I didn't marry a woman, it was doing an injustice to myself. Like I genuinely believe that. And I, and I had dated a couple men, like cis men that like, we're like, oh, I want to marry you. I want to, and I was like freaked out. I was like, if I marry you, I don't get to live who I am. Like I could do it. I could force myself to do it. Would I be happy? No. Could I do it physically? Probably. But would I eventually snap and have a mental breakdown? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, well, and that's why, like, so many people have, like, mentally ill fucking alcoholic moms who, like, 
like have you know, are in and out of the psych ward and like hurt themselves and like because they never got to be because their whole their whole role was to be baby making machines mm-hmm. and be funneled into cishet relationships and nobody fucking asked them because i just yeah i mean to me like queerness is not like intrinsic i don't think in everybody i think queerness is a social construct i think heterosexuality is a social construct and i think that like like what's happening in society has such a big like like I think some people like I don't know how to say this like like back in the day a lot of people would not necessarily know that they were queer they were just miserable right because there just weren't as many options and so if you didn't fit into the like two life option paths that there were I mean that's exactly that's the exact same with trans people as well yeah yes exactly yeah I mean like my boyfriend could have lived the rest of his life as a butch lesbian, but he was fucking miserable. Mm-hmm. And it would not have been the same as like the life he gets to live now. And he, I have literally watched him like chills. become a whole person. Oh my God. Yeah, don't, I'll like cry if I talk about my boyfriend's transition. I'm so obsessed with him. Um, anyways. What were you even talking about before this? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> we just got on the biggest fucking rant about being gay. Oh no. Because it's really like, I don't, it's such a conversation that especially like with what's going on in the world, like it just blows my mind that still to this day, it's so hated for people you know just what? to exist. I think though, and like this is the thing that gives me so much strength in this moment that we're living through with like anti- trans rhetoric being so terrifying in the media and in all these states all the time is like we are winning and that's why they are freaking out is like cishet people can't go outside without seeing queer people anymore Mm. they can't turn the tv on they can't watch the super bowl they can't go to the bar they literally like for so long the like kind of social rule about queerness was fine fine you freaks exist but don't fucking make me look at it now queers are at school we're on, you know, important boards of, exactly. of like places these people have to go. Like we, we are everywhere. Businesses. We're like, yeah, we're out and about in public. Yeah. Like you cannot, I mean, if you live in a major city, you're not going outside without seeing some gender fucked little gay person walking around. Like somebody, some little, they, them with <laughs> queer, with green hair, gender like little gay person. But like, I mean, that's like funny, but it's fucking no, it's true. true. And like, it's real. All these like normie bigoted cishet people, like they feel surrounded by queers and that's yeah. why they're doing they this have no last more control. grasp at like, mm-hmm. yeah. And the white I man's think, world is like no longer the world that people no, wish going to down. live in. And yeah. it scares them. Yeah. It, and that's why we're having this resurgence of fascism. And I just like really hope that everybody, like it's okay to be scared, but I just hope that everybody kind of like stays grounded in the fact that like as long as you just continue to be like your loud queer self like we're gonna get through this and like they are not going like like the cat's out of the bag like 25 percent of gen z identifies as queer like we're not going anywhere like they can't get rid of us and like they're going to make all these laws and they're going to try and they're gonna fail oh i have chills I, that's like real shit. I mean, like they're they've scared. tried so no, like if you listen to any Christo fascists happened. have tried so many times. Yeah. I mean the eighties like is a really interesting example. Like like the sixties were I'm a history major, so now I'm gonna like fucking like, Come on. get into my moment. But like the sixties were a really prime example of a time when like the pendulum socially in the United States swung to like very progressive and like queerness and you know, polyamory and open love, like the free oh, love like, movement free love, and yeah. like the hippie movement and the civil rights movement. Like all, and then the eighties were like a time when the pendulum swung back to the right and like fucking Reagan basically ruined all of our lives Mm. single-handedly and like conservatism was big and capitalism was king. And like, uh, you know, then in the early two thousands we had this like 
we had Obama and the progressive movement again. And, and I think like, we're just kind of in that constant pendulum swing of like a white supremacist country that is exactly that I have mean, powerful <laughs> fascists that are constantly trying to pull, yeah. you know, society back to their side but i just but the don't white man know win. they know they're not gonna win for long yeah no. and, and i don't think they've won for a while but like let's be real like unfortunately they still do run a lot of things and yeah. i but i think they know the time is coming to an end yeah like the generation that's coming up that's gonna run the world soon we're all gay <laughs> and we just like don't care we're all gay we're all showing our pussy online and we just like don't care about their values anymore and like they know because what like what are the values like misogyny racism and homophobia great okay not to get like really conspiracy theorist but like i saw a tiktok the other day that was someone that was basically saying that like the birth rates have gone down in almost all the major countries and that like they're basically just farming us like mm. like uh the powers that be are very worried about like gay people not reproducing enough i'm not so reproducing to, fuck no not me neither nobody i don't need to give somebody my because fucking we, disabled genetics. because a lot of people with vaginas realize they don't have to live for a kid like a lot of misogyny rhetoric is that you have to stay home you mm-hmm. have to take care of this kid and you are worthless and you can't do anything with your life and people are like that's not fucking true that's well, especially because not- a lot of us had moms that like didn't live like that you know what i mean like my mom had a job like like we're like already so far well, from I'm like the, the opposite housewife. i'm like my mom should not have had kids really do yeah. you feel like she didn't want to be a mom she wasn't able to be a mom that's why i'm adopted like she physically oh. wasn't able like oh. my, obviously my adopted parents are like all my mom adopted mom wanted to be was a mother yeah. but she also had a full-time career she also lived her life she had values that weren't just raising yeah children. that's how i feel about my mom like my mom like my mom showed me you know i think she was still part of a really exploited generation of women who like like i don't know if she felt like it was an option for her to not have a kid mm. but i also think that she really wanted to have one and like yeah she was a girl boss my whole life like she had her own job she raised me by herself and but so like when i grew up have an option though yeah i i knew that my only role was not to have kids dude like, i never that wanted wasn't even kids. in my brain i never never once I've in never my life kids. where i was like yeah i really want a kid i that's actually one thing that i really love about being polyamorous is like i'd love to like have a be in a polycule with mm. a kid so that i get to be like a cool so aunt. economically smart i know right it really is we're gonna buy some land build a bunch of cabins we'll have like a, a little sandbox i want a safe kids. commune that's like okay i've i've heard a bunch of people who were um leftists in the 70s say that um we're all delusional for wanting commune culture to come back and that we should all just want affordable housing where we can live i mean that's optimal but is that realistic i'm not sure um yeah i there's only so much i can say i want affordable health care and affordable homes and affordable everything and how long am i gonna wait and then i'm 50 still saying i really want this obviously i want it to fucking happen like, don't but yeah, get me wrong. no, the communes at, world, at the moment, the communes are more accessible. In a dream world, everything is accessible. Okay. In a dream world. I mean, like housing was not this expensive, even like 40 years ago. So I, I'm holding out hope that it's possible that we're going <sighs> to fuck up the landlords. But what if know, we just man. all stop paying rent? <laughs> that would actually, that, that would work. Let's all it's just very hard to coordinate. Hey, if you hear this, like can we say everybody date? just stop paying your rent. Okay. It's no, I'm just fine. kidding. Don't get kicked out and then blame it's me, good. please. Oh, I'm wait, really yeah. sorry. No, this no but is if a bad we all, if we all agreed, if we all simply agreed, I just turned around to look at Dasha's boobs. <laughs> <laughs> we all agreed. What would they do? I mean like that if actually everyone, is like no, a very the thing is everyone point. would have to be on. I mean, that's like, that's like the, the it couldn't just be like, there's like for a general strike. It, no. And I'm always down for a strike. I wonder how the whores would contribute to a general strike. Like, do we stop making porn? Hmm. Or do we only give our porn to people who are striking? I think we would have to stop providing for people. 
Yeah, Which I is, feel like if there But it's gonna fuck us it, if we all did it. I mean, the thing is, it's, we would actually have to sit down and write pros and cons of specific things. They're in Portland, where I am from. The strippers go on strike sometimes. No, I love it. The, the PDX stripper strike is like a thing. Yeah, I love it. So maybe I think there's probably already sex workers who know about this, and we probably just sound no, like dumb branded. I am. Those. I am literally not. I'm not an organizer. Enough. Okay, anyone who is an no, organizer but I will who's listening to this. I'm sorry. I sound stupid, but like I. But just imagine, like, what are they? Power my is the numbers. Is there. No, we're, <laughs> listen. Our energy is. My here. intent is there. Okay. No, we, I need to have someone on that's actually like thought about this because there's obviously education behind this. I think that would be a really dope way to use your platform to have like an organizer. You should have someone who does sex work organizing. Dude, on I would love talk, to. Like, it's, it. it's really hard to be like, hey, to someone I don't know. Like when I DM them, it just goes to their their request yeah. i've done it a couple not but not you're legit enough like you have a legitimate page listen you, clearly you run think a podcast. that you think that but people still are like who the fuck are you at my dms which i get because i'm like that too sometimes that's true because how many times do people either sex workers or i don't sex get hit up to go on a podcast that often i do journalists hit us up all the time oh yeah they're like can i or people are like can i use you my college paper on sex work bro when i was early on i accidentally did one of those interviews because i didn't know that like you shouldn't do that and uh my tiktok ended up as the cover photo for a vice article they did not tell me holy shit what was the article uh it was about kink talk so it wasn't like that bad oh, okay but yeah it was no. Okay, well, we're spiraling. So yeah, we're spiraling. Should we? Do we need to like take a moment and regroup, or like, do you need to do oh, what no. other questions about kink do you want to ask Dude, me? Like, is there anything you want to talk about? Oh my that God. you're really passionate about? Because, like I said, it's just a conversation. Like, I think when you I started, have, like, a point. when I started podcast, I was like, every episode has to have a point. Like, everything has to be super educational. I think a conversation is more educational. Yeah, than people want to just hear like about our. Like, lives I want to hear about your experience without you feeling like you're being like berated. Like, yeah, tell me everything. Like, what are your red flags and subs? Ooh, what have you been hurt the most with? Like, no, no. yeah, that's so valid. Um, I mean, fuck, I don't really feel like I have anything specific I need to say. I'm trying to think of like if there's any points I didn't wrap up because I have mad ADHD. Dude, that, that's why we're bouncing all over the place. I feel like it works. Hopefully the people who listen to this just like also have like really bouncy. Oh, anyone that listens to my podcast does. People, all, all my friends, like a lot of my friends listen to your podcast. Really? Yeah. It, they that's say that sweet. they like it because it's like a conversation. And so it's like background noise if they're like working out because they feel like they're like hanging with their besties or Dude, something. Dude, I love that. That's because I, I really, I always. My subs am, are going to listen to this. I'm a perfectionist, so I put a lot of pressure on things. And then I, that's what People I People like this. your podcast. I definitely like hear, like one of my subs like listened to, she told me that she listened to Ivy's episode Dude, with that's you. so random. I love it. I forget that people perceive me, you know? I do that too. Every time I go to a collab with someone who I like barely know and they're like, oh my God, I've followed you on TikTok for so long. I'm like, what? That is strange. Dude, that's how we met. Isn't that I random? know. Dude, you know what's actually hilarious is I have like full, like I've met full people that I've had like relationships with on TikTok. I've met like some of my best collab partners mm-hmm. on TikTok. Like TikTok has like genuinely altered the course it's of It's hit my or life. miss for me, but I also agree. That's why I can't be a TikTok hater. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one of the one of the people that I dated that was a TikToker was for sure a narcissist. So, I mean, take everything with a grain of salt. Pipeline from influencer to narcissist is very, very real. Yes. Okay. That's our cue. Jasmine came home. Okay. Thank you for coming on. I love you. Oh, my God. This is great. Love you. (laughs) Bye.